It appears a smear campaign has begun against evangelical Christians, placing blame for conspiracy theory, anti-vaccines, and even the Capitol riots on Christians. The scriptures tell us that a time is coming of great tribulation and the saints of God will be the target. Are we beginning to see the end time prophecy being set in place? We'll talk about it today on this edition of End of the Age. Welcome to End of the Age today. As you can see, I am by myself today flying solo. Vince is out. Uh, He's trying to keep us all safe. He was exposed to someone who had the uh, COVID. And so just to play it safe, Vince is taking a few days off to make sure he doesn't come up with any of the symptoms. And so we appreciate that. And like I said, I'm flying solo, so you have me to deal with today. Uh, so I'll be taking your calls today on the, about the topic that we're going to be speaking of. And, uh, you know, the question I ask in the tease there, are we beginning to see uh, things be set in place to villainize or criminalize uh, true Christians, evangelicals? And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. I've got some uh, some interesting articles and some opinion pieces there to go along with that, as well as scripture that we can talk about today. Um, you know, I know that we are living in the times right now that seem very dark, uh, even evil. It can be depressing. Some people might even be frightened by it. But, you know, we have the Word of God that tells us that the Lord tells us all these things in the prophecies of the Word of God so that we don't have to be afraid, that we can be prepared for those things. And we even have Scripture that tells us how we deal with the days that may be just ahead. So a lot of people believe right now that we are actually experiencing the tribulation period right now, that it's already started. And uh, there's there's some pastors out there that teach prophecy that have already said we're in the final seven years. But the question is, are we? And what does the Bible say about that? And so one of the things that we know for sure is that the tribulation hasn't started. And we know this uh, you know, if you follow this program very much, you know this because of Daniel 9.27 tells us that there's going to be a seven-year, a final seven-year period. And in that time, there's going to be a peace agreement there. Israel is going to be able to build her temple. They're going to start animal sacrifices again. And in the middle of that final seven years is an event that is going to happen where the Antichrist will be revealed. And it's called the Abomination of Desolation. When that Antichrist stands in that rebuilt Jewish temple and declares himself to be God and stops the animal sacrifices, the Bible says the next thing that happens is people who are in the Judea area need to flee because then there will be great tribulation. So it's going to start in that area, but it's going to be a worldwide thing. And the Christians, the saints of God, are going to be the ones that face the most uh, of the wrath of the devil. He's going to come after us because of the fact that we don't line up with uh, what he wants us to line up with. We're beginning to see these things happen. So scripture tells us 
in Daniel chapter 7, it tells us about this event. And it says, And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. And they shall be given unto his hand until a time and a times and a dividing of time. Well, this is that final three and a half year period that I was talking about before. So we know that that happens in the middle of that seven years. Then this war begins to happen. Well, John also gave us a description of this same event. And it says in Revelation chapter 13, verse 5, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue for 42 months. And he opened his mouth in blaspheming against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And the power was given him over all kindreds, tongues, and nations. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity, and he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is patience and faith on the part of the saints. So in these two different books of the Bible, we get from two different prophets here, we get information about this war that's coming. And the war says that it's going to be against the saints of the Most High God. The Lord tells us these things so that we know how to endure through this stuff and how to get through these times that are just ahead. A lot of people believe that we'll be raptured out before this war starts, but the Bible is clear when it says that he makes war against the saints and that he overcomes them. So there's going to be a time coming where things are going to get a lot worse than they are right now. We're not in this time yet, but we may be seeing things um, develop within our society, within our government, and throughout the world where people are going to begin to lay blame on Christians just like the Nazis did to the Jewish people during World War II. So today I have an interesting uh, article from uh, the Times Colonist, and it came out on January 20th, or January 6th, I'm sorry, of 2020. So it was a year ago that this actually came out. And what it talks about is it, it talks about uh, how the evangelical Christians have began to demonize the Democratic Party. It says, in the United States, a democrat, that's right, I said democrat, is occasionally a slur among conservatives for the Democratic Party, politicians, or voters, implying that the party is demonic. While the democrat is not popular usage, the concept, it turns out, is widespread, and a recent poll by Public Religion Research Institute indicates that 18% of Americans believe that the government, the media, and financial worlds in the U.S. are controlled by a group of Satan-worshipping pedophiles who run a global child sex trafficking operation. Similar numbers believe a storm is coming and that true American patriots have to resort to violence in order to save the country. So I'm going to stop right there because we're getting ready to go to a break and I want to finish this when we come back. But it already talks about things that we talk about daily on this program. It talks about the world government. It talks about how the media is involved in the propaganda and the things that are being spread. And it talks about the financial world 
We talk about all these things often here on this program, and we show you how it ties in to what the Bible talks about, the one world government, the one world religious system, and the one world economic system that will soon be set in place. And so according to this so far, we are people who are spreading uh, hatred toward a democratic party. Now understand that we are not Democrat or Republican here. What we're talking about is what the Word of God says. When we come back, we'll get a little bit more into this article and talk about this a a little bit more. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll be taking your calls later as well. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills. But God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV. And now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time Message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, You can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play. Welcome back. And uh, before we went to the break, I was talking about this article. I accidentally said that this was in 2020 when the article came out. It was it was uh, January 6, 2022. So it was just the other day that this came out. Uh, the article. And it goes on to say here, it says, as with the original 2016 Pizzagate conspiracy in which Democratic officials, including Hillary Clinton, were accused of involvement in sex, child sex trafficking and the larger QAnon conspiracy movement, the enemies are uh, Democratic Party politicians or voters. Well, how did we get here? The article asked. This is what they had to say. Conservative propaganda organs such as Fox News, One American News, and Newsmax circulate these fantasies to their viewers, but I would like to suggest they do not originate there. 
So now we get to the meat of the article and what they want to say here. Their, uh, their beginning may have more to do with the apocalypse and an important element of Christian theology that is dominant among conservative white Christians, especially evangelicals. So now they, they kind of get to the uh, core of what they want to talk about here, conservative white Christians. Apocalypse is a cluster of ideas that characterize two books of the Bible, Daniel and Revelation, which I read out of well ago. The context for both books were similar theology crises. How uh, was it that God's people, Jews, and the followers of Jesus could suffer so under a hostile empire? While apocalyptic theology has always been part of Christianity, it has been rejuvenated in the 19th century and become dominant in white evangelicalism. Uh, it informs the worldview of conservative white Christians, many of whom regard their political opponents in the Democratic Party as demonically controlled, even worshipers of Satan. Abby Richards, an American disinformation researcher, recently ranked contemporary conspiracy theories as no accident that some of the conspiracy theories most detached from reality and most dangerous have satanic or religious components in which the world is ruled by supernatural, powerful group. Such conspiracies are descendants or close cousins to the apocalypse. But even in the absence of the belief of demons, apocalypse politics marks the conspiracy theory behind the big lie that the 2020 election was stolen from former President Donald Trump, and a conspiracy theory invites counter-conspiracies. In the apocalyptic politics, all uses of power by the good side are considered fair, and it contends that the Democrats are illegitimate even if they're elected. It must be prevented from, they must be prevented from seizing power from God's chosen people and his favored nation. Now, like I said, this is an opinion article. It's an opinion piece, but it clearly has uh, been rooted in what the thinking is behind a lot of different uh, people out there right now. And to me, when we read something like this, to me, this isn't any different than some of the hate speech that they say goes on in social media and places like that. I mean, if this was uh, going the other direction and talking about the Democratic Party, uh, it would probably be taken down off of uh, TikTok and YouTube and, and Facebook, uh, or at least come with a disclaimer. Uh, but you don't see any disclaimer here. It actually, they go along with what's happening there. But they're, they're clearly making fun of Christians and what we believe about the Bible. And this has been going on for a long time. Uh, you know, there's been... Um, comics who have programs on um, cable TV that talk about it and make fun of Christians. And uh, I would name names, but y'all probably know who I'm talking about. But anyway, what does the Bible say about what this article is talking about? A spirit that's behind the motivation for some of the things that are happening in the world. We know that right now in politics, we're seeing a push to villainize uh, white uh, evangelical Christians. We, we've seen that over and over, and we're going to talk about it a little bit more. But there, there is a spirit behind that. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians 2 and 2, wherein in past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. 
So what's this scripture talking about? The scripture is actually talking about Satan and the power that he has. And when you think about he is um, the power over the air, what do you think about when you think of that? Think about the airways and what we have out here uh, in the Internet, in the news media, in television programs, in the music we listen to. Uh, If the devil is not in control of some of those things, then why is it that all of all of that seems so evil. Uh, how many times do you hear feel-good stories on the news? How many times do you see programs that are Christian-oriented or, or even have good moral bases? Uh, the songs that we listen to nowadays. This is what this is talking about, and it's trying to plainly say that these things aren't taking place. But you can just look around and see that it's true. Jesus also talked about it. He, he said, Satan is the prince of this world. And John 12, 31, it says, Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. In John 14, 30, it says, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. Revelation 13, 2 tells us that it is the dragon or Satan that gives the world government its power, its seat, and its great authority. So who's behind it if not Satan? That's exactly who's behind it. Now, the world religion that's also going to be part of that Revelation 13, when we see this, it's going to look like it's following a Christian base, but it's going to deceive a lot of people. And Jesus said this in Matthew 24, 11. He said, and many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. And in verse 24, it says, and there shall arise false Christ and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they should deceive the very elect. Well, this entire one world government or entire one world religion, it will not be biblical Christianity. It's going to be more all inclusive. And we're seeing that more and more as we see the Pope talk about uh, how many different ways there are to get to heaven. And he says that the Muslims are our brothers, that they believe in the same God that we do. He's also made other statements about uh, other people and that he's not the judge of these people and that they can get to God. Well, we're watching this happen right now in a lot of the mainstream religions in the, in the big churches. Just today, I had a listener send me a uh, story about a pastor of a Lutheran church in Chicago. And folks, this guy... Is uh, he's a homosexual. He's a pastor of a church. And on a Sunday morning, he dressed in full drag, a white dress, blonde wig, high heels, makeup, the whole thing, and called the children up to the pulpit and had a story time with them. He asked them if they'd ever known a drag queen before. And then he explained to them that he was a drag queen, that most of the time he was a man, but on this particular day, He was a woman. And he began to teach these children a a story. He taught them a story on joy uh, of a little girl and her grandmother going to the park. And uh, you can guarantee that what he, the message that he was sending to those kids was not a biblical uh, theology lesson, but it was an LGBTQ theology that he was giving these kids. And folks, that's where we are. That's the danger of things. And when we speak out against these things, we're becoming the outlaws. We're becoming um, the ones who are hate mongers. 
that's what they're making us out to be. And so you see these ridiculous stories, uh, you know, saying that, you know, the things that we believe are far-fetched, they're fairy tales, and they're made up. Now, when it comes to conspiracy theories and things like that, you know that we stay away from that stuff here on this program because the main focus of this program that we want is to always project biblical proof. The bottom line to what we do every day is to point people toward Jesus Christ, to lead people to know him and have a relationship with him. Uh, you know, we, we talk every day just about on this program about how to be born again and about our free brochure that we have that we can send you or you can go online and see that free brochure on how to be born again. That's the heart and the pulse of this ministry. It's always been that. That's what Pastor Irvin Baxter always strived for was winning souls and that's what we're about but at the end of the day we have to teach truth too and we've got to point out the things where uh, the world is becoming uh, a dangerous place for Christians and we we want to make you aware of the things that are going on in the world so that's why we talk about these things so in in the end time somebody that believes the truth of the word of God and speaks out about this we're going to be the enemy of the state That's why I titled the the show today, Are You an Enemy of the State? Because that's what we're becoming. And these are the pictures that they're beginning to to paint as hate mongers. Uh, The article that talked about the the pastor that dressed in drag, he said that conservative Christians uh, rebuke him and say that he's not a saved individual and and, uh, they hate him for what he does. And... You know, that's one of the things that we try to explain to people. We do not hate the sinner, but we do hate the sin. We want everybody to know the Lord Jesus Christ. We want everybody to be saved. I have friends who live a homosexual lifestyle. I I don't disassociate myself with them. I still talk to them. I love them. I would teach them a Bible study anytime they want one. And so these are those things that we have to... You know, we, we tread through that stuff and we love on people regardless of where they are in life. It's not just about homosexuality. Uh, I know people who have drug addictions that I try to talk to and try to lead them. I have people that I know have had affairs on their wives and I still love those people. And I try to teach them what the Word of God says. So these are just things that as a Christian we have to, to wade through. And as we go into... Um, this final time right before Jesus Christ comes back, these are the things that are going uh, to be pointed out as we're teaching hate speech if we're teaching the Word of God. We've seen it in other countries. We've seen it in Canada where people have been arrested because they've spoken out against sin and taught what the Bible teaches. And so this is just a precursor of those things that are going to come. I've got another article here uh, from the Roy's Report from July 27th, uh, 2021, where... The police officers uh, at the Capitol building uh, say that the, the Capitol rioters perceived themselves to be Christians, and they were describing the insurrectionists who attacked the U.S. Capitol as terrorists who perceived themselves to be Christians. District of Columbia police officer Daniel Hodges told a con- congressional committee investigating January 6th insurrection on Tuesday that the crowd massing on the buildings west of the terrorist brandish banners steeped in Christian symbolism along with those bearing the name of Trump. 
Hodge's emotional remarks came in a testimony offered alongside three other officers who rushed to the Capitol that day to defend it from the unsuccessful attempt by supporters of the then-President Donald Trump to stop the certification of the 2020 election results. It was clear that the terrorists perceived themselves to be Christians, Hodges said. I saw the Christian flag directly in front of me and another read, Jesus is my Savior, Trump is my President. Another, Jesus is King, and another, crossed rifles beneath the skull emblazoned on the pattern of the American flag. Now, while we know that some of these folks were... um, you know, supposedly Christians, uh, and, and they got involved in this. We also know that there were other people that were mixed in with these people that were causing problems as well. And we don't know who everybody was. We don't know what their uh, agenda was behind what happened. But we also saw people who peacefully walked through that Capitol building after the doors were open to them and they were allowed in. And so, anyway, we're just seeing, once again, we're watching... Uh, Christians be vilified here as terrorists and as those who stormed the building and hurt people. We don't know that those people were Christian at all, but like this police officer says, these people perceive themselves to be. So I'll tell you what, let's go to phone call. I've got Joe in New York. How you doing, Joe? Hey, Doug. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you doing, sir? I'm uh, coming out of... uh a really difficult time. It was good talking to you the other night at the church. Yeah, it was good to talk with you as well. But instead of going into my stuff, because I could use what I've gone through as an example about what we're facing and what you're talking about, we know that Satan is a deceiver, and he can uh, use gentle tactics or severe attacks, you know, But we, as true believers, the Word of God teaches us to walk in love. No matter what is being said, we have to love on people. And if we try to figure everything out, we'll drive ourselves crazy. And I've been going through a spiritual attack that was so subtle because the enemy was attacking me that I'm not doing it enough. I'm not interceding enough. I'm not doing this enough. And I, I started beating up myself, and I got to the place that I lost the joy of the Lord and his peace and his love at work in me. And thank God I stay in touch with people because my big brother in Christ, who was my first pastor 44 years ago, I stay in touch with him. And he shared a few, we, a few words with me yesterday that, that, that refocused me. And this is what we have to do from my perspective. We have to keep encouraging one another, a Christian or someone who calls themselves a a Christian that want to harm people, they, they don't know the Lord. But you see, Satan, according to what you're talking about, Matthew 24, the Lord said, you know, they're going to hate us no matter what we do. Right. Because Satan can manipulate those that don't know the Lord. And the only way we walk in victory... Hey, Joe, I'm sorry, but I'm up against a heartbreak. I'm going to have to let you go. Thank you for your call today. We appreciate it always, Joe. God bless you, and we love you. We'll be back after this break. Whether it's a global pandemic, threat of war, or floundering economies, end-time events are happening around the world every day. 
How can you have peace in a world of such great uncertainty? With the End Time Magazine subscription, you can gain a deeper understanding of current events and its prophesied repercussions. End Time Magazine's exclusive content and prophetic insight allows you to understand where we are in the end time. It will give you peace when horrific news and events happen. When you subscribe today to End Time Magazine for 12 months for just $19.99, you can have hope for the future because you will understand what the Bible says about the time we are living in. You'll get access to exclusive articles like the Prophesied American-Israeli Alliance, End Time Do's and Don'ts, and Could School Choice Save America? Subscribe for you or a friend right now. Go to endtime.com or call 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-END-TIME. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2, the late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the archive button. Welcome back to End of the Age. I appreciate you being with me today. I have open lines. If there's any other callers that would like to call in, the number is 1-877-363-8463. If you'd like to call in and discuss today's topic and talk about it a little bit with us here on the air. Uh, But moving on, I'm going to go into another article that I have uh, from the New York Times that says, uh, white evangelicals and their beliefs for dragging out the pandemic. According to this piece published by the New York Times, it's uh, deeply held spiritual convictions are uh, counterfactual arguments of white evangelicals in America that drive them to not get vaccinated, which is counterproductive to the attainment of the herd immunity. The article went on to say that the, oppress, uh, the opposition of the vaccines is rooted in a mix of religious faith and longstanding wariness of mainstream science, as well as the distrust of institutions in the obsessions of conspiracy theories. Once again, they throw in that word conspiracy theory with the evangelical Christians. And the sheer size of such a community, according to this article, poses a major problem for the country's ability to recover from a pandemic that has resulted in the deaths of half a million Americans. It went further to claim that evangelical ideas and instincts have a way of broadly spreading internationally like the virus, as it was earlier noted. Basing on the data from the Pew Research Center, the article states that 45% of white evangelical adults out of the 41 million population in the U.S. will make up the least likely demographic group to get vaccinated against COVID-19. So just once again, another article that is blaming this on white evangelicals. I'd I'd like to also kind of point out that in Israel, uh, you know, most of the population there in Israel has been vaccinated and received boosters 
and they're still getting new variants coming out of COVID. So I don't know that it has anything to do with unvaccinated people spreading the disease. But regardless of, of what's happening, you know, I don't want to get banned off of YouTube and get crazy. But uh, it's just one of those things that you just keep seeing. It just is, is poured out over and over and over. And we keep seeing the same thing. But like Joe said earlier in the call, you know, we, we have to understand that these things are coming. That's why we talk about it. That's why I explain it to you. And we do. We have to love people, uh, even though uh, they may be, uh, you know, pointing a finger at us and, and blaming us. We've seen that uh, with the things that are going on right now in the world. It's almost as if they're trying to uh, cause division in our country between um, the unvaccinated and the vaccinated anyway. But now they're throwing in the fact that these are uh, white evangelical Christians that are uh, guilty of doing this. And it, it's no surprise that we're hearing this more and more, uh, how Christians are br- blamed for the wrongness in the world. Uh, the devil's tried to destroy God's people ever since the beginning of time. And it's, this is no different. Uh, when the Nazis used this, this same type of tactic and blame game on the Jewish people during World War II uh, to spread hate against the Jewish people, uh, telling people that they spread disease, that they were dirty, uh, making them wear uh, these big yellow stars showing that they were Jewish people. Uh, we're seeing that same type of thing happen now where they're wanting to uh, make sure that people that are unvaccinated are are marked in some way to where you know that they're unvaccinated and they can't go in certain places. I saw a video today where a man was at a food court at a mall and he was videotaping and there were police officers checking there. If you did not have your papers saying that you had been vaccinated, you could not go in the food court at the mall and buy food. So we're starting to see these things begin to happen. And like I said before, these are precursors. So it looks like we're getting quite a bit of calls now. I'm going to go ahead and take some of those before we, we move on. Um, so let's go to uh, Chris in Arkansas. Hello, Chris. Hello. Yes. How you doing, Chris? Can you hear me? Yeah, welcome to End of the Age. Yes, thank you. Um, I just wondered because I'm I'm hearing a lot about um, different patriot groups, I'm guessing, and and things like that, and uh, insurrection and this type of talk. Um, I'm wondering if anybody's heard of the AmericanStatesAssembly.org and that we can correct our status back to lawful Americans and put our employees back in the place where they belong. Like when they took over in uh, 1871 and created an incorporation called the United States, they used similar names so people would be confused and not recognize what was happening after the Civil War. So it's a constant state of emergency, constant war and emergency, you know, powers and things like that. But these people are a foreign jurisdiction to us. And the Christian should be aware of these things, that there is a difference between what is a lawful lawful American and what is a legal citizen. Has anybody talked about it at all? Well, I haven't heard anything about it, Chris. Um, You know, if you want to email me, uh, at dnorvell at endtime.com. You can email me some information on it. I'll be happy to look at it. Uh, that's the first I've heard about it. Uh, you know, I'd, mainly my, my head is in the Bible prophecy all the time, so I don't see a whole lot of this stuff, but I, I get what our uh, listeners bring to me. So if you got that information, go ahead and send it to me. I'll be happy to see it. I sent it to Dave Robbins, mm-hmm. a 
about a month ago or so, and I'll send it to you. I, I'll call in and get your email, and I'll forward it to you. But it is very important that we understand who we are and that these people are supposed to be working for us, and they only have so much power. And if we don't stand on our rights and we don't claim what is ours, we will lose it, and it will be our fault. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate your call today. All right, let's go to uh, Michael in Indiana. Hey, just a couple quick things about this whole thing. Um, I just think it's interesting that uh, they're, you know, blaming Christians for the attack, and they're, you know, I I just heard uh, while I was on hold, you were talking about how they're, you know, blaming Christians for the extent of the pandemic, and it's just crazy. It's just crazy, and I've been listening to you guys for about a year now, and uh, so... Yeah, you guys are you guys are just awesome. I mean, all of you, you Dave, it's, you're all just awesome. Well, thank you, Michael. We appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, this is just like I said before; it's a precursor into where we're headed in the end time. And so, it is interesting when you see these things and begin to watch them put things into motion. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's just one of those things we got to stay on top of, and we're going to report on it when we can, and kind of just. Let everybody know what's going on out there. Uh, but, you know, the Lord tells us that we, we have to endure until the end. And there's, there's other scripture that I'm going to get to today that's going to show us how to be able to do that. So hang on and keep listening. We appreciate you, Michael. And you have a blessed day. Certainly will. You guys are great. Thanks. Okay, let's go to Stephen in Washington. Hello. Hey, Stephen, how are you doing? Welcome to End of the Age. Yeah, I'm fine. Thank you, Doug. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, you know, um, we all know uh, we are living in a very, very stressful time because of the sudden uh, virus uh, broke out of uh, Wuhan, China. And uh, President Trump did best as he could under the circumstances to come up with a vaccine to uh, protect us from this virus. Now, uh, what we as America needs to do is to we need to stop and think and do not act like a, a bunch of uh, immature children. We need to stop and think because Christians are the ones breaking the news even for our own salvation, for our own good of our own nation, just like the way the earlier generation, like World War One or World War Two, Christians were here, living here in the United States of America. And while our young men and women went to war, Christian citizens in America was praying for them, yeah. praying for them, Absolutely. that God will watch over them yeah. and bring us the victory. And they did. They did. No one on earth even to this very day, went to a double major world war and able to come home with a double victory. That's because of the holy God from heaven guided our people to that victory. We need to remember, and we need to have a proper perspective in understanding that. Don't blame Christians, because any, any of, of people that, who have a very loose mouth and, and uh, uh, talking ill of Christians, they're condemning themselves to hell. 
Yeah. I could see that very clearly. That's the reason why I'm able to say this. All right. Don't jump on Christians. What Amen. you need to do, if you're unsaved Americans, you need to stop and think and listen to what Christian has to say. Because we have a great news for you, and that news is for you to obtain eternal life through Christ Jesus, who came to die for us because of our sins little over 2,000 years ago. So don't badmouth on Christians. <laughs> Amen. Well, thank you, Stephen. I appreciate that. I agree with you 100%. And what Christians have to say, yeah. whether you're Muslim or whatever your religion is, take time to listen. Because usually, lack of understanding leads to misunderstanding. And we don't want that sort of thing to happen. Why? Because if we take time to listen to the other person's talking, then you might come to a, a new, new enlightenment. You know, you have a new understanding all of a sudden because somebody took time to explain to you. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, Stephen, uh, thank you for that today. I appreciate that. And you're absolutely right. We need to be in prayer uh, for this nation and for those that don't know Jesus Christ. We need to fast and pray in this nation. and We need to call upon the name of Jesus. And that's how our nation is going to be healed. And that's how we're going to get through some of this. Our leaders in Washington, as well as uh, uh, various other states, too, uh, they're, they're uh, behaving like uh, very immature uh, people. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that's because that's because they they're not born again. Yeah, absolutely. Not, uh, supplied with the wisdom and understanding by the living God, uh, like Christians are, and this is the reason why many things that's going on in our capital, I see them as a really really foolish. They're blind like, because of lack of maturity. Yeah. And maturity, too, comes from the Lord, just like wisdom and understanding comes from the Lord. Yeah. So all these people, they're, they're driving our nation to, to ground, to hell, and they don't even know it. They don't even know what they're doing, just like those rulers of the Jews right. were bad-mouthing against the Lord Jesus when he came to save us from our sins. You see? Similar right. thing is happening in our very day right now. Absolutely. I so totally agree leaders, with you. I appreciate your call today, Stephen. Thank you for, for calling and giving us that insight. We appreciate it. God bless you. To share it. Okay. Thank you, Doug. Yes, sir. Okay, folks, so we're, we're almost at, br- at a break. So when we come back, I'll uh, take a couple more calls. We'll jump back into uh, some of this information I have here. But, uh, you know, Stephen made a very good point that, uh, you know, we, we need to be praying for this nation uh, we need to be seeking God's face for this nation. And that's the way that we're going to get through all this is by staying in the Word of God, fasting and praying. We'll be back after the break. Stay with me. part of the end time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents Irvin and Judy Baxter began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. 
Endtime is a small nonprofit that runs a high-traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 teams of people each month, we survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back to End of the Age. Uh, we have one more caller to go to here. We're going to go to Holly in Texas. Welcome, Holly. Hi there. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank good. you for your show. I really enjoy watching it, and I do get hope out of it. But one thing I do want to say is that I really feel like they are targeting us Christians and it's getting worse and worse, and we know that some of these um, things, like January the 6th, was a setup um, when Trump got elected. They, they said, how are we going to get rid of these uh, white evangelical uh, conservatives? And so, you know, fast forward three years later, here we are. They're, they're targeting us, and I even read an article article in the Gateway Pundit about how they're setting up COVID camps and they're trying to get a law passed that they can put people in these COVID camps. And who, whether, whether you have COVID or not, even if you've been around somebody that has COVID, they can put you in the camps. We are really, we're losing our country and we're definitely being targeted um, as Christians. And, um, I, you know, I just want to say, I do, I do look for hope when you guys run your show. I look for scriptures that will, um, uh, bring me comfort. I'm scared. I'm really scared. Well, I can understand, Holly. We, we've seen, you know, some of the things you're talking about we're watching happen in other countries. You know, we've done stories where Australia has these camps, and we've seen video footage where a woman who was just uh, in contact with somebody that had COVID was placed in this camp for a couple of weeks. And uh, it's basically, you know, what we talked about. It's like a prison camp. It's got high fence with razor wire over it, and you're quarantined there. And so, uh, yeah, I do. I do believe that that is something that they would like to do all over the place, and eventually we we may get there. You know that scripture that I read earlier out of Revelation says that people will go into prison and people will be killed. Uh, but what we need to understand is that God is in control of this situation, and He has each one of us in the palm of His hand, mm-hmm. and we don't need to be afraid. And that's why Holly, we try to uh, continue to teach uh, faith and not fear. And help people to know that, you know, when we have that relation with Jesus Christ, we don't have to be afraid because he didn't give us a spirit of fear. Right, right. Yeah. Yes. Well, Holly, and, thank you for calling me today. God bless you. And, uh, you know, I'll be praying for you, Holly, about the fear situation because I know there's a lot of people out there that have fear. And so, we'll, you know, we'll be praying that the Lord just uh, w- removes that spirit of fear from you, okay? Okay, okay. Thank All you. Right. God bless. Yes, ma'am. God bless you. So, you know, we see these things happen and and we've seen them happen in history before. One of the things that uh, was brought to my mind 
as I was putting all this together today, uh, the Lord kind of reminded me of a situation with Esther, with Queen Esther and what happened there to the Jewish people uh, when they were in captivity. And uh, there was a man named Haman who worked for the king. And Haman thought of himself more highly than he should have and, and expected everybody else to give him reverence. If you remember the story out of the book of Esther, uh, you know, Haman, when he would ride through the city, people would bow down to him and give, uh, you know, homage to him as he came through. And uh, there was one Jewish man who he always saw named Mordecai who would not bow down to him. And Mordecai was the cousin of Queen Esther. And because Mordecai would not bow down, would not give reverence to this guy, uh, Haman, it made Haman very angry and he got irritated with him and he began to think of a way that he could get rid of Mordecai. And the wrath that Haman got built up on off of this, of, of this man not doing what everybody else was doing, uh, it, it even spilled over to the people, the Jewish people. He didn't want to just kill Haman, he, or he didn't want to just kill Mordecai. He wanted to kill the Jewish people. And so when Mordecai found out about this situation, he goes to Queen Esther. He explains to her what's going on. He tells her, uh, you know, those famous words that we hear, uh, who knows that you've come to the kingdom at such a time as this. And even though uh, it could have cost her her life to go before the king without being summoned, she decides for her people to go before the king. And she does. Of course, the king, uh, if you remember, he, he reaches out his scepter. He, he welcomes her in. Um, she tells him that she would like for him and Haman to come to this banquet that she's prepared for him. And she's getting ready to tell him uh, the plans of Haman. Uh, during that course of, of time, the king can't sleep one night. So he brings in his scribes to read him some of the history and the documents about his kingdom. And in there, he's reminded that this man, Mordecai, actually saved his life by finding out that someone was planning to harm the king. And he said, well, has anything ever been done for Mordecai? And they said, no, he's never received any reward for it. So at the same time, Haman was coming to the king's room to talk to him about killing Mordecai and these Jewish people. And he had even began construction on a 75-foot tall gallow to hang him by. And as he's making his way over there, the king calls for him. And he comes in and he says, you know, what, what kind of honor should we give somebody who uh, has honor for the king and done a great deed for the king? Well, Haman thought the king was talking about him. And he's like, man, we need to dress him up in the royal clothes. We need to put him on the best horse. We need to parade him around in front of the whole kingdom and let people know that the king loves this man, that the king holds this man in high regard. Well, little did Haman know that he was doing this for Mordecai. That's who was going to be uh, given this, this honor. And so uh, Haman has to end up parading Mordecai around. The guy that he wants to kill, he has to parade him around to everybody and let everybody see that the king has honored Mordecai. Well, long story short, to get to the... the uh, the, the end of the story here, what I'm trying to tell you is that when, uh, whenever Esther brought the king and, and Haman into uh, this banquet, she reveals the plans of Haman and what he had planned to do, even killing her because she was a Jew herself. And the king uh, became very angry and he ended up hanging 
uh, Haman on the same gallows that he had built to uh, persecute the Jewish people in Mordecai. And so these things have been happening throughout history, but God has always protected his people and he's won in the end. And it's going to be no different uh, when we face the times that are ahead of us. But the great thing about it is that when this begins to happen, and eventually it will, that we can can grow um, in our faith because we know that we have the word of God to stand on. We have each other. We have the prayer and fasting that we talked about. Daniel says this about that time. He says in Daniel seven twenty five. I read it earlier, but there's more I want to add to it. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change the times and laws. And they shall be given into his hand until a time and times in the dividing of time. But judgment shall sit and they shall take away his dominion to consume and destroy it until the end. And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. So even though the Antichrist has a plan and he's going to persecute Christians and Jews and he's going to have this time, the Bible tells us it's going to be a short time. The Lord tells us that it's going to be a short time that those days are going to be sped up. And if they weren't, then no flesh would survive. But because for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. So we have hope in that. And we know that he also tells us in Matthew twenty four thirteen, but he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. So how do we do that? How do we endure? Well, Matthew six thirty one tells us this. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So the Lord tells us how we deal with this. How we uh, can prepare ourselves with this. He's telling us in this scripture that we don't even have to worry about what we eat, what we drink and what we wear. Does that sound familiar? Think about the Hebrew children who were brought out of uh, bondage in Egypt and they were led out through the Red Sea. Their enemies were swallowed up in the Red Sea and then they were in the desert and they were in the desert for 40 years. And the Bible says their shoes didn't even wear out on their feet. And remember that when they sent those 12 spies in uh, to the promised land and everybody came back with a bad report because they were afraid except for Caleb and Joshua. And remember that Caleb and Joshua were the two out of those people that ended up going into that promised land. All those people, those 12, uh, those 12 spies, the ones that came back with the ill report that had no faith in God, they ended up dying during their time in the desert. They weren't able to see the promised land. But Joshua and Caleb, they led the people of Israel into the promised land. And they strolled in there And God gave them a great victory. The the walls of Jericho came down and one of their first enemies were defeated just by them marching around a wall. Can you imagine what the people of Jericho were thinking in these high raised walls of this kingdom? Looking down on these people that just walked around. Then they blew trumpets and hollered and the walls came tumbling down. 
That's the kind of faith we got to have, people. We got to believe that God is the God of the Bible and that he's going to be doing the things that he tells us he's going to do. He tells us he's going to take care of us during that time. We just have to seek uh, first his kingdom and his righteousness. So remember that that's all we have to do. Ephesians 6 tells us this. It tells us to put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world and the spiritual wickedness in high places. We're watching that unfold. We're watching wickedness, spiritual wickedness in high places. We're seeing where good is called evil and evil is called good. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about you with truth and having the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with prayer, and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So I promised you at the beginning of this, we were going to read some scripture that was going to tell us how we're going to deal with this. Well, there you go. There's two great scriptures, and there's many more. These are just two that stand out to me that I love uh, very much, especially the armor of God. Because you may look at yourself and you may think, I'm not a warrior. But that's not the way God sees you. When you put on this spiritual uh, garment, this spiritual armor, it makes the demons shake in their boots because they know that you're a warrior for God. So don't be afraid. We don't have anything to fear. But what we have is a powerful God that loves us, who died for us on Calvary and gave us a plan of salvation. Once again, if you don't know what it means to be born again, contact us. We'll send you a free brochure on how to be born again. We love you. We thank you for joining us today. God bless you all, and we'll see you tomorrow on End of the Age. This has been End of the Age, brought to you by the faithful partners of End Time Ministries. If you're not currently a partner with End Time Ministries, or if you would like more information, we invite you to call us at 1-800-END-TIME. That's 1-800-363-8463, or visit us online at endtime.com.